Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. The two major political parties of our great country would have you believe that there are only two choices when voting for the President of the United States of America. One, who is a 74-year-old, orange-faced, ex-reality TV personality who thinks he has done more for the world than Jesus, Gandhi, and Abraham Lincoln combined. Then the 78-year-old creepy kid-toucher who wants his victims to call him Uncle Joe. Both of these candidates are not even remotely equipped for the amount of fuckery that goes on in Washington. We need a leader who isn't afraid to tackle the conspiracies that run rampant through society. It's time for a leader who isn't afraid to eat the ghost pepper of controversy. One who isn't afraid to accept the hot chip challenge of foreign policy. That candidate is Screaming Chewy. The most conspiracy theory talking, ghost pepper eating, hot chip challenge cake fuckery fixing son of a bitch that's ever stood for anything. Screaming Chewy has a plan for the economy. Hey, get a job, yo. Screaming Chewy has a plan for the national debt. I don't have any money. Fuck off. So, if you want a leader who can't possibly be worse than the ones we have, vote for Screaming Chewy in November. This is Screaming Chewy, and I approve this message. Paid for by Let's Not Have a Bunch of Old Farts Telling Us What the Fuck to Do Anymore Foundation and GIG Industries. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. everyone welcome back to another exciting episode of screaming chewy show and i'd like to welcome special guest actor um jack of all trades you do a lot you're also an author he reads audiobooks uh, i'd like to welcome raddy how do you doing bro good bro how are you doing great Pretty- to see you thank you for having me and everyone else who's watching thanks so much yeah man uh so how, how's your halloween bro yeah, well, uh, as you can see, pretty pretty loud. Uh, party is going. <laughs> yeah, wild man. Um, we're, we're not doing much tonight, <laughs> but that's <laughs> so good. We, just I think, actually, we it just got announced we need to get ready for another complete lockdown of the country, uh, which starts on Thursday. So that is pretty exciting news. <laughs> <laughs> round two. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, is it round two? Is it? is still the first round it's a bloody long round as well <laughs> who knows yeah man you think uh it'll end up like that video you did for uh, roderick edwards 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think the whole of Europe is moving in that direction uh, as we speak is not <laughs> not not great down here, but you know I I, I see some of your work man um uh this video you did when you were a serial killer. Um oh my god, dude. I was so impressed, man. You're you're an amazing actor. Thank you, man. Thank you. That means a lot. And then Thank even you, yeah audiobook you know Roderick Edwards how to overthrow government you did an amazing yeah. job with that oh thank you brother thank you well it's easy when the material um gives you the ability to be good with it especially with uh with the book how to overthrow a government that's not a very conventional topic and uh, I absolutely loved write, uh, reading it, writing it. I, I didn't write it. Sorry, Rod. <laughs> 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 uh, no, um, Roderick Edwards, uh, the person who wrote it, is very talented and very controversial. And um, I, it was it was just a brilliant experience just reading that book for him. And 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 then the other monologue that you're referring to it also it was a, a brilliant piece of writing by um, a British. A london-based writer called simon parrot he's he's an, an extreme talent again i've been i've been blessed to work with uh, very talented people and i think this this brings out the best in uh in it, it would bring out the best in any actor who who did those uh, either the book or the or the monologue but i was the lucky one who, <laughs> who did them so I, <laughs> yeah yeah you do a great job, man. Uh, you know, like I said, I love it, man. All of it. Thank you, bro. I, I enjoy the the videos that I've watched your podcast. Uh, I've had lots of fun as well, especially with Roderick Edwards. And uh, thanks, you man. Keep doing, you keep doing what you're doing as well, bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> and, you know, with Rod, it's always a good time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man the guy is funny isn't he yeah <laughs> the stuff he comes up with sometimes it's just you know did what... you see the do you see the uh monologue yes or short film right that was so it was like if uh like if we did overthrow the government but somehow didn't plan it <laughs> so yeah. it, it all went to shit at the end well, that is what happens most of the time, doesn't it? You think you think you have done a good deed, but then you turn around, you look around, and, and it, everything's gone. Everything's much worse uh, than uh, where it started. So it's um, it's crazy. It's it's something that it shouldn't it shouldn't be done so lightly. And you can't, can't make a decision like that lightly, especially when you're um, full of anger towards the government because for some reason or another so we should be careful with those things don't play with fire kids because it can burn <laughs> that's very good advice because you know many people just get mad like yeah let's overthrow the government let's do this and and they're not actually thinking about the consequences or why they're doing it or what they're going to do afterwards and yeah. it just goes to shit <laughs> Very true, very true, and I think, I think whoever is in that position of of being the leading, uh, the leader of a government or a country will get some some heat 
always it's not it's not like it's not an easy job <laughs> plus it's not for everyone as well yeah some people aren't really good at it but that is the risk really and at, at least at least we've got the opportunity to vote for them if 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 it were a monarchy like it used to be you 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 just basically get used to it you get dealt a certain <laughs> a certain hand of cards and that's it you got to play with it but now at least we get some choice that's true or at least we think we do <laughs> right the illusion of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was it the illusion of um, uh free choice and they do very well at it you know i tell people i'm like whoever wins is going to be the same i think anyway <laughs> i think so too yeah i think so too but, but uh so hard things in europe man i mean uh how are people dealing with this lockdown thing? Are people mad? People are, uh, are they agreeing with it? Well, it's, as you can imagine, it's very divided. Uh, and the country is divided. The whole of Europe is divided. We're, we're now going back into uh, full lockdowns. Several countries have already gone into it, like France. Uh, I think they're speaking of uh, lockdown in Holland. We're moving into tier three because they developed this tier system three tier system so basically uh, tier one is very little restrictions tier two is somewhere in the middle where tier three is a complete lockdown of non-essential places shops restaurants non-essential um, uh, coffee shops places like that pubs oh, that's a tough one <laughs> and um, yeah we're moving into a <laughs> tier three next week but the good thing is, because my fiance, she's uh, in university, the good thing is, is uh, that um, colleges, schools, universities are not going to close this time around. Oh, that's, that's good. Positive. At least yeah. they're thinking about it this time, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's through trial and error. Yeah. Because no one, no one really has the answers to uh, the key to the, the whole uh, question. How to how to deal with this in the most effective way? How is it up there in across the pond? Um, well, the United States, um, yeah, you know, just like in Europe, it's very divided here. But the, every state is so different. Like in California and other states, they're more strict on the whole lockdown and masking. Mm -hmm. But I'm in Arizona, and it's not very strict at all. Almost like they don't <laughs> care, even okay, though. Yeah, yeah. Even though the news is saying that we were like number one in COVID infections in the world, but still they, it was not as strict as California or other states. It's, I mean, you know, in stores it says, okay, wear your mask, but that's it. Like restaurants are still open, just not like buffets. Um, the bars open back up. Um, so it, it's weird. Um, I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. It is weird, and who knows? Well, I don't know. It's, it, now is there's so much people are starting to well, the ones that don't agree with the government's restriction at, at least becoming passionately against uh, the lockdowns and everything. And the the really unfortunate thing is that you can't really. Well, you can't really tell whether it is really for the 
best of the people like for people because yeah uh we are saving lives right now but then the economy is suffering so much that who knows what the effect in the long run is going to be to the even to the lives that we are saving right now who knows how it's going to affect um everything that we do from from now on and will will we be able to recover at all and maybe we're putting more people at risk because um there's there's the risk of poverty rising and uh, obviously unemployment because so many people are being made redundant from their jobs so yeah everything we do is 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 like we're playing this game of monopoly where there's such high stakes it is it's like a, a shakespearean play with extremely high stakes and uh we got the protagonist who is turning into an antagonist midway through you don't know where you like him or not <laughs> anymore so i love the way you word yeah, things bro crazy. very poetic <laughs> yeah well yeah I, i don't know i tried to give it an, an artistic um, point of view or um yeah something positive out of it i like it not, not uh covid test you don't want a positive <laughs> oh man <laughs> don't remind me man Staying should... at home for two weeks have you had the covid test what happened have you had the covid test the one in your nose not yet oh not yet why have you had one yes um it felt like um i don't know if you've seen the movie with arnold schwarzenegger uh total recall when he's in mars probably seen it but So he's got a tracking device <laughs> in his nose and he sticks up there and he's like nah, nah. That's exactly how it felt. <laughs> well, at least you had at least you had a moment where you felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Not many people get to have a moment like that. <laughs> you and shared I, something with uh I made the same noises <laughs> it's very brief too. and painful but <laughs> put the cookie down <laughs> oh phenomenal now you're gonna turn full terminator <laughs> got to get out of you oh, man i sure <laughs> oh, that was a pretty good one you sure they didn't leave something in your nose like hey. a tracking device could be like those conspiracies they're like this guy is just going yeah. to mcdonald's and back <laughs> <laughs> two times <laughs> the past 15 minutes what's going on you know <laughs> I, i wouldn't be surprised because they're they're saying that they want to put like a chip in the vaccine but i mean yeah, I, i don't yeah. really know yeah. but i don't know what to think as well they're even saying that yeah oh go, go ahead i i heard somewhere that there's this conspiracy that They, they're building genetically uh, mutated or whatever they call it a uh, vaccine that gonna they're gonna change basically your DNA so you're not able to reproduce because um, we we have we've reached such a such a vast number of people that earth is getting overpopulated by the day and the, and they fear for uh, loss of resources or scarce resources so they're trying to really just minimize <laughs> you know the earth's population that sounds extreme but believe it or not uh in the united states recently um are you familiar with the 
the government agency ICE. They they deal oh. with uh, like illegal immigrants. They're the ones that deport them, and they're like federal agents, but they work with the border patrol. So a right. lot of these uh, agencies, they actually got busted. Uh, these women came forward and they were saying that when they got deported, they illegally got operated on and neutered, like they they tied their tubes. And uh, it's over like no for, way. Yeah. It, it's like maybe 80 women or something, I want to say. It's less than 100, but they're all coming forward saying, hey, they deported me and they operated me and tied my tubes while they were deporting me. Like, that's some crazy shit, huh? That is crazy, man. What is what is going on? Oh, my God. That'll be... Wow. <laughs> I'm not coming to the USA anytime soon. Though. Right? Don't <laughs> belong here, mate. <laughs> it's scary, man. <laughs> What's the accent? Shut up. Shut your mouth. Come here. <laughs> and it's funny when this COVID <laughs> stuff started getting bad, you know, people from here started rushing to Mexico. Mexico's like, no, we're closing the border. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now Mexico is closing the border. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Putting that good ball to use, eh? Exactly. <laughs> so a lot of countries are like, you, no, you stay there now. <laughs> the tables <laughs> have turned. <laughs> the tables have turned. Good, good. Yeah, that's good. Oh man. So I mean, maybe this... others are coming over to Europe as well. <laughs> yeah, I heard that in <laughs> the, some countries they don't want people, and they're like, it's not, it's not so different. It's like. <laughs> the hell <laughs> this is <laughs> awful <laughs> you know i've always wanted to visit europe man such a beautiful place over there it is very beautiful you should you should if you can uh there's um places like france uh england here scotland well the whole of the united kingdom uh the czech republic such uh beautiful countries germany austria with so much history in them just centuries and centuries uh buildings that have been there since the dawn of time yeah it's it's so so beautiful the mountains in, in central europe the alps and everything it's a it's a very good experience and the cultures over here are so different from one another even though we look uh we're just regular people but the cultures are so so weird <laughs> some places we you go uh, especially the how did they call it what was it what was it called in holland there's this street full of uh just naked women on uh <laughs> oh the red light district. <laughs> it's like no. shops oh the red district yeah that's what it's called yeah red just oh my god i can't say it red district that's what it is. It's weird, man. We we crazy people down there. You go down there, you get you go into a coffee shop, you get uh, what are they called brownies, and you get stoned to go outside, have a walk in the red district. It's mad. Um, Europeans. My, my Europeans sister. Are mad. My sister went over there last year to to uh, you know as vacation, and she told me in the red light district she went into a shop like a coffee shop. And you, you, you pay, and they had a live sex show, like people having sex on stage. <laughs> oh, that is awful. See, I'm, I'm not surprised, though. It, it's, it's so awful. 
to hear that those people have to do that for a living. <laughs> Live porn. But I'm not surprised. That's like, true. How do you tell your parents? Hey, dear. What are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm going to work, mum. Yeah? Where do you work? Ah. Don't want to know. <laughs> I'm a performer. I'm performer yeah stage performance oh oh god yeah we're actually we're rehearsing tonight with uh, uh with my co-star because we're filming next week oh yeah what are you filming a film yeah what film good good one one you don't want to see really mom yeah, can i go no 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 why is it dark 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 cry you make it will make you cry mom <laughs> literally right <laughs> literally yeah sorry yeah and uh, i guess there's like uh prostitutes like uh behind windows right behind glass and you just pick one and go inside so i've heard and i've heard that i'm originally from bulgaria and i've heard that most of those women are bulgarian girls. oh wow so yeah well I don't know if there isn't much um, career development available in Bulgaria. At least, at least they know they could always go to Holland. The, the roots. <laughs> make some, make some money there. <laughs> There's probably every other person who lives in the big city in Bulgaria would know someone, like, would have a good connection to there. So if they're looking for jobs. <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is kind of odd that they're mostly Bulgarian. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know where I've heard that from, but I, but I, I've actually heard it from many, many sources. So I don't know where they have this info from. Maybe they went to um, just to get a statistic, just ask around. Hey, where do you come from? So they don't speak English. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no English? No English. <laughs> what languages do you speak? French. <laughs> All right. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Definitely so, Bulgarian. <laughs> so tell me, man, um, uh, what, what got you into acting? Oof. Good question. I ask myself that every day, especially during the pandemic. I'm like, what, what did I get myself into? <laughs> What was I fucking thinking? I should have, yeah, should have done something digital with uh, computers, computing, programming. Yeah, that will. Yeah, um, it's a it's a really good question. It's always been my been my hobby, man. It's always I've done it since a very early age. But growing up, I grew up in a very uh, in a working class family in Bulgaria, and uh, my my father was a policeman, very respectable policeman. My grandfather, uh, he also was a policeman. And I, I just come from a family of uh, ex-military, ex-firemen, ex-police. And the expectation was always that I would go into the, the forces. And um, uh, I trained. I trained very hard, man, for many years to get into the special police forces. We got even, uh, we went through an intensive training with uh, one of the recruiters, for the yeah uh, for the city's team uh, no, no not team the squad anti terrorist squad we went through intense wow. training with them nice yeah, man, it was tough i was like 90 90 kilos was that night uh 190 pounds i weighed 
uh, I could run 5K. Uh, I, I would run 5K every morning. And it was just such tough training. And I was like, my, my, I was so focused. I'm going to get into the special forces and that's it. And the year I was going to apply, they said, do you know what? We're not accepting any applicants this year because we don't have the funds to support it. Oh, uh, no. But, uh, After all the training. <laughs> yeah. We became, we, uh, I don't know if you've heard, have you heard of Airsoft? The, the sport. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the guns. They, they use that to train uh, the forces in Bulgaria, that sport. And also Japan, uh, a lot of really like developed countries in their in their, their, their police and their policing and the military they that's, train that's them smart yeah so they don't so they can still feel the action of uh, going into buildings and um, storming buildings charging but without the risk of getting injured too gravely so we trained that we started the first ever uh, airsoft team in the town and we went to become uh, national champions four times in a row We're on the yeah, I was the captain of that team I was made the, the leader of the team by um, one of the sponsors and um, yeah we went to become uh, best, best national team uh, four times in a row so and I had good connections as well in the, in the special police forces that they could they could put me inside any time even though they weren't accepting applicants i knew that there was something off i knew that there was something off it's a it's a bit of a weird corrupt country you would say oh and, wow um, yeah so people with really strong connections sometimes get the good positions so yeah they they said we're not accepting anyone and i thought well this is this is a it's a bit of a bummer and I applied to study in England. And um, a few months before I was, before I was going to graduate from high school, they announced that now they were going to accept a, a handful of, of people because they, they managed to get some budget together and uh, something like that. And I, I knew that it was only for people with strong connections. And I had really strong connections. I had like generals, I knew generals, I knew people who were in the, in the best, um, the anti-terrorist teams, Damn. Yeah, the, the squads that, that could vouch for me. Cause my brother was ex special police, uh, special armed forces. Uh, in, he was in the army and um, yeah. But then I thought, you know what? I've always loved acting. Why don't I turn my hobby into a profession, as they say? And you turn your hobby into a profession. You're not going to work a single day. Oh, I've been working. <laughs> I've been working hard, man. <laughs> Still hard work. <laughs> yeah, hard work. Yeah, they say that. But so yeah, uh, I applied, got accepted into drama school, and um, here we are. Graduated a couple of years ago. Damn. So from special forces to badass airsoft team and um now acting that's that's impressive crazy, man. man yeah i'm yeah um i've always you know i discovered something whilst training for the special forces was that i knew how to uh, prepare 
I really knew how to prepare. I was very strong. I'd go to uh, I, I train MMA as well in in uh, in our city, and um, I knew how to prepare. We the one of the times when we became national champions in airsoft, we competed against ex uh, special forces guys. Well, they were in the late thirties, late forties. Wow. Some of them, yeah, but they were all ex special police forces and uh, military and all that. And even they complimented us on the way we moved. Cause I would study a lot on um, just movements, tactical movement, um, strategies how to flank how to uh, charge one section would charge the other one would flank which side to choose uh, how to flank who would flank how would we distract and how would we deceive and um, I would study a lot to be so good at it that we could win against anyone and they complimented us on on the way we moved then we got that intensive training with uh, uh, one of the recruiters for the police forces squad, and um, I knew through that, that that there is a there is a way to prepare to be able to just tackle anything in life. And I, I'm even putting this in my new book. I'm writing a book, so this is a this is the first place where I announce it. So nice. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, man. And, uh, Tell me about your book, man. That sounds uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I talk about many things that I've taught myself how to prepare for. And uh, it's, the book is, it is an acting book. I'm not going to give away too much. Uh, but it is really for those who are looking for a system to, to prepare. Because when I started out as an actor, there weren't really enough resources from young actors or from young professionals and I've always been keen to learn from those who are doing it, who are in the industry right now at the same time as myself and who are actually working. So I'm doing this uh, is a seven step plan system to prepare. And I talk about the various, at the start of the book, I talk about the various things I've had to prepare for myself, which have been really demanding either on my uh, on uh, my mind mentally or physically I think that would be yeah pretty useful for folks so preparation is everything right for success preparation is key yeah yeah at least in my opinion so and, uh, far it's proven to work you you definitely have that military um, mindset as well because like you were saying preparation uh, you know, a lot of people don't really think about stuff like that, you know? That's true, yeah. And it takes discipline. Some people nowadays, we're used to that consumer mentality. You, I want to have it now, like Arnold would say. <laughs> 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 I want it here, now. Now. Yesterday. I want it yesterday. <laughs> now it's too late, man. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants a quick fix. Yo, tell me how to learn my lines without even reading the script. Well, <laughs> got news for you, man. It's not going to work. And um, that's very so true. Many, yeah, so many young actors nowadays. I feel like I don't know what the reason is, but they don't have their lines. You see them struggling to remember their lines. And you, <laughs> you've got to watch them for the duration of a whole play, and you're like, you can't even remember the intro, <laughs> just the starting bit. 
let alone the rest of the plague. How am I going to sit through this? And yeah, they look for quick ways to learn lines. You know, quick fire. You sit down, look at the script two times, and you know all your lines. You know even all the other characters' lines. It doesn't work like that. It takes, takes time, it takes discipline. You need to sit down, spend some good amount of time to start learning. And if you, don't, if you haven't prepared for your part, how then do you want to be free to go on stage or in front of the camera and read it over deliver and then play more, freely. more pressure <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not gonna do anything really if you don't th that's the start even if you don't know your lines if you can't sit down and learn your lines properly then how are you gonna you're gonna do the rest of it hey so i'm sure you've noticed i've been getting a lot more celebrity guests on my show and this is all thanks to steve joiner he's a publicist and man this guy takes his work seriously he does not fuck around and this guy is keeping me busy yo he is, yeah i'm just getting so many celebrity guests thank you so much steve joiner and um, if you yourself are an actor, director, producer, and you are looking for a uh, publicist, do not hesitate to contact Steve, right? He is a really cool guy. You'll love him, okay? His phone number is 816-605-4561. Or if you would like to email him, it's uh, all one word, starts with a capital S. And it's stevesjnetwork at gmail.com. So again, starts with a capital S. And then it's T-E-V-E-S-J-N-E-T-W-O-R-K at gmail.com. Tell him Screamy Chewy sent you. You will not be disappointed. And uh, yeah, so big shout out to you, Steve. Thanks again, bro. Peace. I got good I might get hungry later, baby. Hold this hot dog for me. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you're broke down. Oh, yeah. See, this is why when I transport weed, I only carry one gram on me, but I carry it in a, like an 800 pound safe. We are Happy Hour News Team. Follow us. We love Florida, man. They say they're gold damaged. They're gold damaged goods. Damaged goods. Oh. So we talk cars. Shooby dooby doo. Shooby dooby doo. Am I? No. If you don't know where you're at. Oh, I know where I'm at. Oh, but you just said, where am I? Well, I was trying to like. <laughs> no, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Fuck, there's a microphone. Big yellow truck driving away. I think you've had too much to We are happy our news team. We are happy our news You can't. Say you're damn
talking about? We are Happy Hour News Team. Follow us. Let's uh, let's get back around to to our regular regularly scheduled bullshit. <laughs> That's true. They just expect it to happen now. Like, oh yeah, I got this. Then it comes time to <laughs> to perform. Oh fuck. Yeah. Well, what, what, why is it not working? Why can't I do it? Well, how much time did you spend learning your lines, preparing, researching? There's so many steps to preparing for your part. You need to research, you need to analyze. I've been accused of being a method actor, but uh, that, is a, that is a vicious word. <laughs> I like that. that you're very driven. Um, so so for, for uh, that, that video you did uh, where you were a serial killer, did you like look up documentaries or read about killers and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Oof, good question. Yeah, the preparation for that was, man, overwhelming. I'd watched documentaries and I'd studied. I first started just to study serial killers, like you say. And uh, there's some, the the notorious ones, Ted Bundy. Uh, but I, I I came across like Jeffrey Dahmer. Don't know if you've heard of him. Ed Kemper. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, Dennis Nielsen. It's a, there was actually a documentary series that came out recently about him called Des. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, no, I definitely got to check that it's out. A, yeah. It's a really good program. It's on HBO, I think. And um, really, really good program. And I'd watch them. I'd watch them just speak. I'd watch them. I wanted to find out what made them tick. You know, why? Why were they pushed to make the decisions that they made? Because something in their lives must have gone really terribly wrong for them to start thinking about murdering people and uh, decapitating people. Yeah, <laughs> like crazy topics, man. Like beyond uh, murdering, you know, they just like fucking tear them apart and do crazy stuff. Yeah, they have sex with them afterwards when yeah. they're dead with their dead bodies and. They keep the parts and oh, like souvenirs. Can't read about that. Souvenirs, yeah, yeah, yeah. They love that. Jeffrey Dahmer would keep so many like body parts of the different uh, men he slept with and murdered. And it's funny how he he got caught. Um, he was about to sleep with another man and kill him, and he was laying on his chest listening to his heartbeat, <laughs> and he said to the young man, "I'm gonna eat your heart." Holy shit. So the man knew. Yeah. And that guy, he was like, oh my God, there's, there's something off with this dude. I Maybe I should go. <laughs> so he waited for a good moment and he, yeah, he made a run. And he was, he was the only caught person to, I think, the only person who got out of it alive when Jeffrey Dahmer wanted to kill them. You know, there was one where uh, this young Asian guy escaped from him and he went to the cops and they brought him back. <laughs> they didn't believe the guy. <laughs> and I yeah. think he, he ended up killing the guy before, later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you believe it? 
Because I think he came out. He's like, oh, he's drunk. He's my partner or something. And the cops were like, all right, well, here you go. <laughs> here you go. Here you go. And, uh, you know, one thing that really stuck with me in your video when, uh, when you were doing that is you, you started looking at your hands and you started talking about the cuts on your hands never heal. And I'm like, that is deep. Because, you know, I... I seen like, you know, serial killer documentaries and like courtroom stuff, you know, like even in OJ, a lot of killers, they like stab their victims. They have many cuts in their hands because, you know, as they're stabbing violently, they lose control of the blade or, you know, the person is trying to fight back or something. And so even OJ Simpson, he had cuts on his hands. Many killers have had cuts in their hands. And when you were saying they never heal, I was like, damn, you know, it sounds like he keeps killing people, you know, and so he keeps getting cuts. That That's what I thought of it yeah. anyway. Right now, yeah, you're, you're probably right. The beauty of this monologue is that um, writer Simon Parrott, he left it for people's interpretation. Uh, anyone who could interpret it in their own way. And that, and he, he wrote it in such a way that you can't really tell whether all this is happening in the person's mind whether it really happened or how much how much of it is true and how much just fiction and um, analyzing something like this i i am one of those actors who love analyzing the text so i'd spent a lot a lot a lot of time just thinking about it and really trying to imagine what the guy was thinking at the time of the things that he did and uh, how much of it did he actually do? And he, he says at one point that he um, ripped um, a guy's heart out of his body and he's holding it in his, in his hand and it's black and it's dead, hasn't been alive for years, he says. So how much of that is really, has really happened when you try to analyze it? And I think the beauty of acting as a profession is that you can imagine so many things and uh, you can make it a reality in your mind. And going back to researching serial killers, that was that was mainly my goal, really, to imagine what was going on in their own heads. How were they seeing the crimes? And um, how were they seeing everything that they were doing? What was their motivation? And I'd like to find that. And with this script is really, why was he motivated to do the things? And then what motivated him to say all those things to the interviewer? Why is he sharing all this information so willingly and so passionately, again, with the hatred towards um, towards the uh, corporations? He hates big corporations. So what inspired that passionate hatred within him? That's what I'm really interested in. I'm very passionate in human behavior and the psychology and the, especially the dark sides of people. I think that is very intriguing. And... Um, Psychologist like uh, Carl Jung, he had this philosophy on the on the human psyche. I think that is very interesting. But yeah, I'm not gonna bore you with all that. <laughs> oh, I love that kind of stuff, man. I could talk about that all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that's so good to hear, man. Same. <laughs> what do you think about the nature versus nurture of serial killers? Because some argue that Ooh. you know how they're born or made, Ooh. but yeah. I, I think it's both. I think so too. Yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? 
Um, cause you know, like, you know, your, your brain activity, you know, everybody's different and, uh, you know, a lot of them have things in common, like damage to the frontal lobe and, you know, your frontal mm-hmm. lobe is responsible for your personality, uh, your like mannerism and stuff like that. So maybe they they lose control of their impulse or, you know, it could be damaged or, you know, like trauma, childhood trauma is a big deal. And, you know, uh, your your consciousness, subconsciousness, your behavior uh, and your thoughts. But, you know, some people could just be born like that. And they, you know, I'm not saying it's OK to kill people if you're born like that, but it, it, it's, you know, little things they have they all have in common. As, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And um, Carl Jung also talks about that, uh, that uh, children, the trauma that uh, one has accumulated over their childhood will inevitably um, be one of the factors that really steer your decisions later on in life. And um, you're very right. All of them almost all of them have suffered one sort of abuse or another, be it from their families or in, at, at school or anywhere outside. It's just there have been all these external factors that have sparked this traumatic um, behavior in, uh, in, in the serial killers as children. And also they, they uh, often they lack empathy, uh, be it maybe they were born that way or... They developed it throughout life. So I absolutely agree that they are born with certain characteristics that may expose them to committing crimes as such. And uh, Ted Bundy, like during interviews, he would try and blame his uh, behavior towards childhood trauma. But I seen documentaries where they're like, he, he, he had a good childhood, like, People talked about him like, no, there you, he, go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Crazy dude. That's very narcissistic behavior, actually. He's got that. Um, it's all about him. He's got the victim's mentality and he's trying. He's very manipulative. Ted Bundy was very manipulative. Also, Jeffrey Dahmer as well. They would say the things that they think you want to hear. And they're so good at that. They're so good at reading people. That, that is very common with psychopaths as well because they lack empathy and they don't most of them at least and they don't know what normal emotions feel like they learn through life what emotions look like and they can analyze really easily human behavior and what it is you're feeling right now they can straight away pick up on it and and know exactly how you're feeling and how to portray empathy and all those other normal human emotions that we feel on a day-to-day basis, they, they've just taught themselves how to speak that language without actually really knowing it. It's Very bad. true. And use it against you, you know, like like how yeah. you were saying, they act like the victim, you know, they, they use that to manipulate you. Like, like if you call them out on their behavioral, why would you bring that up? But how could you do this to me? Like, no, no, I'm not yeah. the asshole for talking about it. You're the <laughs> ass for, for you're the asshole for behaving that way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're very right. Yeah. It's so but it's so interesting though when you see those people and, and you try to ask yourself, I don't know, at least I, I ask myself that question many times. 
how could one be capable of doing that? Am I capable of doing that? And I think this could be one of the risks of really preparing for a putt where you start to get certain thoughts and um, images in your mind and you start to question your own being. But I think it's also a good thing that um, uh, if you go that far within your own psyche, you tend to really start to understand yourself better and master yourself. And through self-mastery, you can really, really learn what humans are all about. Uh, That's deep. That's I'm scary at the same time. <laughs> that's really good advice because I think we've all had dark thoughts, you know. Because and and I'm sure you being, you know, training for the special forces, you got to train yourself. Like, hey, if I have to, I have to kill this person. Like, yeah. there's no way around it. You know, you're defending your own life and other people's lives. And if there's a terrorist, you're you're gonna have to kill them to eliminate the threat. You yeah. know. And so, you know, I think we've all thought about like, you know, somebody hurt your family or something and would you kill them or, you know, but I, I think we've all had those thoughts, but, you know, I've never thought about mm. like dissecting somebody alive or, you know. Yeah, those are, yeah, those go on a completely different level. But again, with taking life, I think we first need to appreciate what it is to create life. And a, a very beautiful thing that... Uh, because I wanted to become a sniper in the police forces. And one of the, the very beautiful actually requirements, at least at that time, was for the person to have had at least one child. Anyone who wants to become a sniper needs to know what it is like to create life, to have started a family, to be a father, and to know what it feels like for that responsibility and what it is to create life in order to, because you can't take someone else's life so lightly. You can't just brush it off and say, yeah, I can kill so easily because it's not easy. And it, it, it leaves a deep, deep scar onto you that um, will never heal. Like the, the, the cuts on his hands. I love that. Wow. And that that's pretty good advice. You know how you were saying you, to create life, you know, that's another sniper level too, you know, and she's like, I'm pregnant. And you're like, yeah, I never miss, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I never miss. <laughs> yeah. You're not the first one to say that. <laughs> oh, no. Number 35. <laughs> Say hello to your 30 siblings. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, whoops. No, no, no. Bad jokes. <laughs> uh, well, a sniper. You have to be responsible, yeah. That must take a lot of discipline. You got to be so patient. Yes, yeah. And I had a, a short glimpse of that in one of our airsoft games. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was a six-hour altogether game. And at one point, we had advanced wow. on the enemy team so far that um, we basically, my my partner and I, we had flanked them so deep in into their defenses that we couldn't actually see them until the rest of our team started pushing them back into their, to start to retreat. We were so far behind them, but we didn't want to uh, attack them from behind because we were... Pretty much if we left that position, we would have been very just into the open and easily dealt with. So basically what happened is we flanked them successfully and we had to remain in one place 
hidden in a couple of bushes for an hour, an hour or something. And we couldn't move because there would be people moving very close to us. But if we open fire, obviously, we'd give ourselves away and lose the potential win. So we had to wait for an hour just lying in those bushes <laughs> without moving with the rifles in our hands and we just waited. And I know it's only for one hour and I've heard that when snipers have trained, they had to stay in one position for six, maybe seven, eight hours. But even that one hour will give you an insight into the pain you start to feel when not moving for so long. And it's really not pleasant, but teaches you many lessons. Patience, patience, patience is a virtue for snipers, like you say. It's Damn, it. I bet that hour felt like eight. It did. It, oh, it did. I could, I, my, my right leg after that was numb for at least 30, 40 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> So I'd limp for the half of the duration that I spent lying. I just limped after that. Holy crap. You know, I've never done airsoft, but I've always wanted to. It looks so fun. Yeah, it's very fast paced, very fast paced. And you had to you have to make decisions on the go. You have to be quick with those decisions and you got to stick to them. You've got to be disciplined and really pushes pushes your body so much. Is, uh, and your mind and your mind because as well like some people would say that how much could uh, a plastic ball that size hurt and trust me it hurts it hurts especially <laughs> when you get shot 20 30 times in a row <laughs> at the same time you know i've heard of people uh when they go to paintball fights they actually freeze the paintballs first and then go out <laughs> oh i never knew that Oh, that sounds that sounds fun. I'm like, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> but you know, you gotta real life. You feel that pain, and you know, it it kind of trains you to not want to get shot, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. You become so much more creative uh, in order to stay alive, and that is yeah, uh, yeah, bro. We're training for real life, man. Right. <laughs> what if it happened for real, bro? <laughs> what if you get shot for real? Yeah, but yeah, but this is a game, bro. It's just a game. No, 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 no. Frozen paintballs, man. <laughs> you eat that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna save ammunition and go stab him. No, man, it's paintball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've frozen the knife as well. Clear wound. <laughs> it just goes straight in. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You need to calm down, bro. Glad he's on my team. <laughs> yeah. All dragged up. <laughs> Took two pills before the game. I'm fucking ready for this, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it, it reminds you of like the army movies or something. You know, there, there's always one crazy guy in the platoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that film with um, Charlie Sheen and was it Charlie Sheen? Oh, was it Platoon? I, I think. Oh yeah, Platoon. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, good film. <laughs> good yes, film. that's a classic, man. A lot of good, great actors in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saving Private Ryan as well. As a. Oh, that was epic. That was a great classic. Yeah. Wow, man. So, uh, so, um, is 
your book uh is that coming out anytime soon it's gonna come out as soon as i write it basically. oh okay <laughs> nice uh, it's moving slowly but um at a steady pace and i'm happy with the way it's progressing and i really don't want to rush it because i've got so much to say but sometimes when you start writing you tend to lose the your initial train of thought and you have to go back and revisit some bits rewrite other ones and i wanted to make it i want to make it as concise and as clear as possible and to give really a, a like a decent very strong actually very strong system for young actors to prepare because it is a big problem when you when you're first starting out or you have been in the acting biz for a while you've just graduated drama school for instance or you go to all these classes but they're all giving you different tools and instruments and you use this to prepare a part for this or that you use this when you analyze your shakespeare text you use this to do this and that but no one really gives you a step-by-step -step plan to tell you, listen, do this, do that, do this, and then that, and then finish with this, and you've got a ready part. And through trial and error and through a lot of extensive research, because I love reading books, especially those uh, on acting. I've read all the great ones, and I've read not so much, not so um, known ones, uh, authors, I mean. And um, through my experience and the parts that I've prepared for, I, I've found that there is a system uh, of, of steps that I follow. And it's very simple when you look at it. And it, it's so simple that, that you would say, oh, of course I knew this. But then people don't. <laughs> it's so easy. It's just mind-blowing. But... Um, I want to give solid examples of what I've had to do when preparing, what it takes to prepare really well. And it basically is a lot of hard work as well. And people don't, people tend to think that all the hard work happens on stage or in front of the camera. Whereas in my opinion, all the hard work really needs to happen before you set foot on stage, before you go on set to film. And through that prior preparation, then you can let yourself play and be really creative because you're so prepared. You're so familiar with the text and the goals of the text, the objectives, as they say, uh, with acting terminology of the text, the super objective and what drives your character. And when you know all that, it's like it's basically like music. You have you, you'll get the lyrics, which is our script. But then someone needs to write your, uh, your music, your melody, your harmony. And that harmony for actors needs to be that emotional script and that preparation for the character, which you learn long before you start rehearsing and long before you get on stage. And you, when you know it, when it's ingrained in your body, then the part really comes to life and you can flourish on stage or on set and really give a, an Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> wow. I love that. that. That's deep, man. That's, uh, wow. <laughs> you put a lot of thought into that, man. That's that's great advice. I never thought of it that Thank way. Thank you, bro. And, Thank uh, you, bro. Well, it's a, it is a craft. And uh, Yeah. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. 
it is a it is a craft and, and uh, people tend to keep their secrets on their preparation so um hidden whereas you can see how musicians prepare you can you can watch even on youtube you can see uh, everyone's warm-ups everyone's preparation how they learn uh, uh the note sheets then uh, and or a dancer how a dancer prepares or how a painter paints the whole process but you never see an actor's process it's all kept so secret now you can't know how i prepared for that part yeah but why why it is, that's the beauty of it is a piece of art and i'm interested to find out what took you to get to there especially with oscar winners it's i think it's it is so intriguing as at least for me to find out how they got into the shoes of the character to create such a such a great performance and I don't want I want to reveal some of the secrets of the business for others who are seeking to improve and I think when we when we make it more accessible more more great people would be born from there more great talents would come from there and so the reputation of the acting industry would become even better and not just that glamour that you see uh, because there needs to be more depth to that more meaning than just the flashy suits and dresses that you wear once a year there must be more to that and what is it that that is my goal to discover and to talk about wow you're a very passionate person man and it shows very hard working <laughs> and that, that's awesome i try to bro i try to and um so where, where can people find your work Well, uh, some of the stuff I've done, uh, people can find uh, on YouTube as well. As, uh, uh, there's also the, the audio book I did for Roderick Edwards uh, on Audible. It's called How to Overthrow a Government uh, for those who are just tuning in. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, as soon as things start to get back to normal, we're producing currently, we've started producing a couple of uh, films. Uh, one is a feature film, but I can't talk uh, a lot about it. Uh, contractually obliged, <laughs> you know how it is. But oh yeah, for there sure. is something big in the making. Yeah, the big stuff in the making. And as soon as things start to get back to normal, people will be able to see me all around of, all around London in the theaters. <laughs> and, oh my um, God, can't hopefully wait! Hopefully, one day in America as well. I'm excited for it in. Um... Man, keep up the great work and big shout out to you, Rod. You know, Roderick Edwards, amazing author. And uh, you could check him at roderick.e.com and check out the audiobook. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Great book. You did an amazing job as well with the audiobook. And uh, oh, I, th I think he too picked kind, a good guy. Kind, <laughs> thank you. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I've been very grateful the opportunity to work with him i've been blessed awesome man and you know like i said you're a very smart guy very passionate very driven and i'm looking forward to that book man you know just helping people out in the future with acting and uh you know like you you said you know preparation is everything so true man so true so true and if we get more people uh, to become passionate. I think especially with the pandemic, so many people have given up on their dreams. 
in the in the industry or in many of the creative industries i don't know how it is across the pond but over here uh arts was a non stated a non-essential business and yeah even here. though everyone would go home and same there yeah it's crazy isn't it non-essential what are you talking about turn off that tv you're listening to an audiobook turn that off music uh -huh. that's forbidden mate <laughs> and you know and especially people now essential people being locked up you know you need that kind of stuff you need to stay entertained and you know stay busy how have you coped so far how have you been um good just uh, uh, uh my job i got i'm one of the lucky ones that i'm ex uh, essential so i i just been working and uh just podcasting just been staying busy that's good man that's good hopefully it stays like that for the future as well yeah thanks man and um you know i i'd like to thank you for coming on man uh fucking love that serial killer talk psychology acting you know airsoft special forces i love it thank you bro thanks for having me so much it's been great fun as well best thank of you. luck with the podcast man it's great hey thank you man back at you bro great job <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> later bro that's for you bro thanks bro later, man. Take later. Care. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right, at teespring.com. Just Google Teespring, T-E-E Spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that, it'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, check out my YouTube for video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh, yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at Ch screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace